0: Welcome to Good People to Know, a Down to Earth podcast brought to you by WFI, where we talk about the things that matter most to regional Australians. Earlier in the series, I spoke with National Farmers Federation President Fiona Simpson about their target of $100 billion in farm gate output by 2030. One of the key drivers of that plan is the development and adoption of new technology on farms. To find out more, today I'm joined by Food Agility's Professor David Lamb. In addition to his work on carbon and natural capital, David is also the lead scientist at Australia's first hands-free global digital farm, located at Charles Sturt University in Wagga Wagga in New South Wales. The farm demonstrates the future of farming through robotics and artificial intelligence and by creating new sustainability and carbon models to drive improvements in farming practice. So David, welcome and thank you for coming to talk to us about this fascinating project. I've seen described on your website as Australia's first hands-free commercial farm. It immediately makes me think of driverless tractors and robots but it's more than that, isn't it? Can you just give us a bit of, bit of background uh, on what your work's about?
1: Absolutely, Andrew. Yes, uh, we, we've sort of created a rod for our own back, but, but it, was, it was by intention. When we talk about hands-free farming, it's, it is more than just the immediate thought that comes to people's minds, and mine included, about robots. Um, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of things you can do on a farm to reduce, if you like, the the manual side of farming. That's what it's really all about. But let's let's come back to it shortly. So, um, Charles Sturt University, which is based in Wagga in, uh, in south of New South Wales on the Murrumbidgee Bridge River, um, is is a, is a long-standing agricultural education. Um, resource for the country. In fact, it graduates something like a quarter of Australia's Ag students. It has a commercial farm associated with the university, 1900 hectares of of commercial farm, which is a combination of arable cropping, perennial pasture, native grazing land, some irrigated pasture, as well as um, some animal handling. It's it's got access to 500 Angus breeders, 2000 composite ewes, 200 merino ewes. So it's a Serious commercial farm by Australian standards and certainly by Riverina standards, and it's integrated with the university. And David, how
0: does Agility's partnership with Charles Sturt University sort
1: of work on at uh, uh, that level? Well, the CRC, the Cooperative Research Centre, um, has three pillars. One of which was coincidentally titled "Global Digital Farms" uh, uh, as part of our our mandate to. To help transform Australia's agri-food sector by unlocking the power of data and digital, farming is, 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 is the key engine room of our, of our agri-food production system. And so um, the notion of establishing a, a landscape laboratory but, uh, but under real commercial operating rules... Um, in a real commercial operating environment, uh, it was too good to refuse. So the, the CRC partnered with Charlestead University, um, who was going through a process of digitalising, the f- digitalisation, if I could call it that, of its farm. And so it was a natural marriage. Um, uh, it helps us drive our, our, our collaborative research mandate, and it gives us an amazing um, farmscape in which to work with our industry
0: partners. Can you tell me a bit more about the purpose of the project and how you hope it will help farmers and the wider set to get ready for the future of farming? You know, there's clearly um, innovation testing side, you said it's a working commercial farm. Um, but yeah, you know, where do you think this is going to, going to lead to sort of you know, help farmers understand this, this future pathway? Look, absolutely, Andrew, we deliberately
1: selected the byline of hands-free farming um, because we wanted people's attention. And, and of course, it, it got us focused on, well, what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's at play here? Um, So, our mandate is data and digital-based transformation, and when you look carefully at the different dimensions of how we transform our sector, you know, chasing that $100 billion by 2030 target of Australian agri-food production that the federal government launched a few years back, um, data and digital are a key part of that. And when you look at what that actually means in an agri-food system like on a farm, Really, we're talking about things that that, that aid and assist in in the practice of farming. That's the business and the
0: lifestyle. So hands-free farming and data and digital are natural bedfellows. I'm sure many of our listeners have read about things like robotics, artificial intelligence, blockchain and other technologies. Um, Have you got any thoughts about the impact that these will have on the sector?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to rush in to say that this is not about... Um, removing labour, the labour force from farming, which is the first thing people ask me, aren't we going to lose jobs? No, we're not. In fact, we're going to create way more jobs than we translate out of current manual tasks. I can say that for a fact. And hence the the hands-free farm byline, which helps me answer your question, Andrew. At the end of the day, it's not just about machines doing the work of humans. It is part of that, for sure. But it really is about using data and digital you know, technologies that generate data and intelligence gathering on farm to help with the business and lifestyle of farming, the decision making. And yes, there are jobs that can be saved. For example, if I step onto a side-by-side vehicle at the end of a farming day and I want to go around and check every one of my 250 animals are still standing on my farm, I'm worried about them walking out through a fence, maybe there might be a sick or an ill animal, maybe a water point's dried up. If I have a system that allows me to verify that every animal has taken water, for example, um, during the day, that's a pretty good indicator that those animals are alive. Um, So that's an example of a data and digital process that could actually save me time. That's contributing to my hands-free future. I can spend that time doing other important things on the farm. So at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is a commercial scale farm that's going to allow us to experiment with, test and validate new concepts or some good old um, rubber on the road ideas, really simple things like water point monitoring, for example, new forms of fencing and monitoring the health and well being of our livestock, new forms of managing our harvest operations, for example, that will save time, but more importantly, uh, improve the safety and workflow of a farming operation. And that's what that farm does. We're working with our partners to, uh, to stand up project ideas, um, ideas that our partners, our industry partners are passionate about taking to market, uh, or at least validating on the way to market, and um, running pilots, putting our research workforce from our university partners. We have seven university partners in our CRC to, to work to help answer any knowledge gaps, fill the gaps, Um, on on road testing those technologies and ideas and ultimately our aim is to get products and services in the hands of our producers and even better still delivered by Australian technology partners along the way and that's what the global digital farm will help us to do.
0: What challenges are you seeing or do you expect to see in the future around uh, digital farming or hands-free farming? Is there any research coming to light of what you're already observing? Look, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, and
1: it's difficult to avoid this topic, uh, I'm very passionate about it as well, which doesn't help, telecommunications remains a challenge that we constantly face on farms. Now, this is not bashing our large telcos or even the NBN, uh, the National Broadband Network. In fact, um, these challenges are simply there. We have the tyranny of scale in our landscape, the the, the size of our farming operations and, and how they're dispersed around the nation. Those challenges are throwing up significant exciting opportunities australia is leading the world in our telecommunications innovations again led by our large telecommunications um, organizations in the country so that's a that's a nod to them kudos to them but at the same time we've got technology partners uh, in our crc but technology companies around australia more broadly that are doing some amazing things with with telecommunications And on this farm, we're doing the same thing. We're partnering with a company called Zetify, for example, to really um, overhaul the way Wi-Fi works at scale on farms. So here we have a farm that that we've currently got a stack of technologies and ideas we wanna test that will help in the business of running that particular operation. Our commercial farm manager is a key client of ours because anything that helps that person run the farm uh, means that we're on the right track. But on, on the pathway to doing that, we're also um, tackling innovations around the very fundamentals, the telecommunications backbone, for example, that are on the farm. So the beauty of that farm is if you want to break something, you put it on a farm. It's a challenging environment to work on. Our, our farming staff are highly skilled, but they're very busy and it's a tough gig to work. So the technology and the systems have to work within those operating guidelines. And, uh, and working in, in the context of a real living and breathing farm uh is the is the best way to road test and sense check some of these ideas at the get-go
0: so david um yeah clearly you have mentioned their data and um a lot of the projects about collecting data and how we get the right data um and importantly it's one thing to have the data but how the farmer can access it and use that data so are you able to tell us you know how the data is collected and then how that's really going to inform the farmer to make better decisions
1: Currently, the way we collect data from the, from the number of data sources that are popping up on the farm, be it water point monitoring, um, the health and, uh, and, and well-being of the telecommunications network, um, the tracking of machinery on the farm, the livestock monitoring, for example, all these are generating data. Now, at the moment, that data is going uh, into our dashboard system, our centralised data repository which ultimately be the case. Now, in, in, in Australia, and dare I say it, still predominantly worldwide, our producers, our farmers are still relying on their net top computer to do the data integration. The biggest challenge we have, the hole that is yet to be filled in Australia and worldwide is getting business decisions, business rules, um, attached to that data in a way that our producers and our decision makers will trust. There's an an interesting irony here. What we're finding is is our innovator class of producer, the ones that are really hungrily taking on new technologies, new means of generating data, they tend to want to aggregate that data on top of their shoulders and make a decision on their head. They understand the technology, what the technology is saying, and they trust themselves first and foremost to make a decision. At the other end of the scale, those producers that are really reluctant to take on new technologies for a range of good reasons... um, Uh, are are even less likely to take on hands-free decision-making capabilities, such as intelligent decision-making systems based on machine learning or artificial intelligence. So what we're finding here is we've got a gap at the leading edge where the innovators are, and a gap at the trailing edge where, if you like, those more reluctant adoptees are. So at the end of the day, we have to work harder at getting systems in place that will help our producers make decisions from an increasing array of data sources. At the end of the day, they're still using their net top computers to do it.
0: Yep. yep. So Dave, with, with, with my background, I suppose, in insurance, um, you know, always look, looking at the risk side of it and any conversation about data uh, leads to a question about cybersecurity. So, you know, does collecting and using data more and gathering more data expose the sector to more risk?
1: Absolutely. I mean, um, uh, in fact, I'm struggling now to to even work out if there's anyone around me in my personal network uh, who hasn't had their phone or some sort of account um, either hacked or password alert, having had the password misappropriated by a third party through some data access. So what I'm getting at here is that this is a really risky environment we're working in. Um, We have not yet got the cybersecurity frameworks in place, in my opinion. Um, to adequately protect our growing data ecosystems that are relying on more and more in our agri-food systems. And it's not just about data we're collecting and storing, it's about when we put that data to work. So, you know, controlling machinery, controlling irrigators, controlling robotic systems when we get to that. So um, Australia, like like Europe, like in the US, is obviously giving that a lot of thought and we've got some good global leaders in the space of cybersecurity without a doubt. It's only now, though, that agriculture in particular is, is becoming um, front of mind. Um, you know, finance, for example, um, yeah, defence and so forth, they're obviously a key big ticket items. But agri-food production is just as big now and it's now coming to the forefront of our mind.
0: So, David, on that basis, is the Global Digital Farm part of the, 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 the project uh, to help farmers understand how to protect their data and their systems?
1: Uh, yes, it is, Andrew, and in fact, I'll give you a bit of an inkling of what's coming ahead. Uh, one of the one of our goals on our global digital farm is that, is, that, is that we want to run some hackathons, and we really want to put the word hack into the operational sense here. So in other words, make available a pool of data within that farming context and challenge the outside world to break in and snatch it. Now, at the end of the day, just like you do with ethical hacking organisations around the world, it's not until we start exercising... Our, 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 um, the, our, the amazing ability out there within our cyber communities to access and move data around that will truly understand the nature of the risk. So uh, we, we are certainly keen to start experimenting uh, with that um, down the track.
0: How fast are we seeing things changing the sector? What do you think the, the, the pace will be? And you know, when do you think some of what you're working on now through, through the, this, this project will start to become normal or everyday sort of practice? I think the internet of things revolution,
1: uh, it really is an evolution, but a very fast one, is, um, is really dominating at the moment. And, and Australia is leading that, of course. Uh, you know, so soil moisture monitoring, for example, technologies. Weather stations are a simple kickstart for that, of course. Um, but yeah, just having more and more connected devices on our farms is that sort of um, class of technology is growing exponentially it truly is doubling and doubling and doubling um, every year when you look at the at the curves and we've got some incredible innovators um, in our AG tech ecosystem in the country you know? so that is something that's really going going at a at, at, at Augusto, The other class of technologies are the remote sensing. I mean, satellite remote sensing, for example, got off to a start in the 70s, but we learned a lot of painful lessons in the 80s and 90s about what you can, and more importantly, what you can't do with satellites with the technology of the day. Our ability to access data, the frequency of which satellites pass over, the, the resolution, the, how fine objects they could see on the ground. That, that performance is incredible nowadays. And that's another class of technology that's really starting to come back to its natural space in the in the world when it comes to its capability to deliver. So internet of
0: things, first and foremost, remote sensing, second as well. With all the, the, the tech and change coming, um, what does it mean for our, our, our younger people entering the sector and, and our farmers of the future?
1: There's no question that, that we want to encourage more of our, uh, of our next generation of farmers on the land now, it's not cheap. It's not a cheap game to get into farming. Um, there's one, you know, one of the one of the advantages, or one of the many advantages of corporate farming, is that you tend to get a lot of younger people parachuted in onto operating systems, which they otherwise may not be able to achieve through, you know, succession planning on mum and dad farms. Even though that, as I mentioned earlier, is our approach today is way more mature than it was ten years ago. Um, corporate farming is, is providing a real shot on the arm with getting new people on our farming land, and that's a, that is great. Um, the way we approach educating our existing, co- our existing cohort of farmers is way more mature. We've got, um, we've got producer group networks. For example, on the global digital farm, we've, we've got about 3,000 producers connected to that farm through a range of grow- producer networks. And, um, but there are producer networks all over the countries in all states, and their approach to education is very proactive. And you'll see initiatives as well coming out of Commonwealth and state governments, really aiming for action on the ground, and that's within the farm gate. And so formal education, our universities, our TAFEs, or our vocational education training sector, again, they're they're now up and running with some very mature products and services when it comes to education. So, you know, things are moving the pace now as it
0: should. I've heard you use the term evolution, not revolution. So uh, based on what you just said a moment ago there, clearly the the entire educational sector in in all facets, it's an evolution. They're, They're moving with the times too, and that's coming into all parts of that, the training systems and the education process.
1: Look, absolutely, Um, you know, education is lifelong learning. It's not just formal three year, two year, one year, uh, you know, sort of um, accreditation processes. The notions of micro credentialing as well is another one that's really important. And the fact that most importantly, in my personal opinion, that our vocational education sector and our tertiary education sectors are now working hand in glove when it comes to that. Because, uh, because at the end of the day, there's so much learning that is done in the workforce. We need more work-integrated learning, as which our universities and our TAFEs are, are, are thoroughly backing, even our high schools as well, and um, and that's absolutely important. And a final point on that is that, you know, education starts right at the beginning. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's great to see STEM um, getting a, a, a real guernsey in primary education, again, where it should, because, you know, STEM is at the heart of it, and farming... Um, is not a subject, agriculture, rural science is not a subject for dummies. That is one of the more challenging courses you could ever do. There's so many things to master. And, um, and I think we're waking up to that and dealing with it accordingly.
0: Yep, so I have one final question from me, and we've talked a lot about future technologies, but if you could uh, leave our, our farmers listening with one technology tip that they could use easily today, what would it be? My advice is either get yourself
1: a weather station just a small little weather station, um, or um, if you've got so, a water point on your farm that's just keeping you awake at night, or a trough that's constantly running dry and you're constantly having to repair a leak, do something simple. Put a sensor on it, get it connected and so you can keep an eye on it from a distance. You know, you can get out on the tinny, have a fish, you can go travel, spend some time with your family and know that you're keeping an eye on it remotely. If you take one small step to monitor something that keeps you awake at night, or stops you traveling, uh, going on holidays, then do it. It'll make a big difference to your peace of mind, but more importantly, you'll have already taken your first step into ag innovation, digital ag innovation in particular on your farm. (laughs)
0: Look David, thank you for joining us today and and, uh, providing your insight. This is a a fascinating uh, project and uh, uh, you know, technology is going to do amazing things. We've already seen it do amazing things and uh, and the future is, is really exciting. So thanks for joining us and, and sharing your insights. It's been great to have you along.
1: No, it's a pleasure, Andrew, and uh, thanks everyone for listening.
0: To learn more about Food Agility, visit their website at foodagility.com.